Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark and Zara talk about songs. 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 We do get funky as we talk about songs. That was a theme song by the one and only David Gregory Byrne. I am your host, co-host, I should say, Mark Blankenship. And with me, as always, is Sarah D. Bunting. Here we go again. Hello. Oh, yes, we do. And that's a reference to the previous episode in our countdown of the top 10 songs of both 2017 and 1967 we are here today to wrap up that countdown and wrap up 2017 as a year if you would like a more complete explanation of what the hell this countdown is we encourage you to go listen to the first few minutes of episode 82 where we just get to hollering but now without further ado sarah i think we should just jump on in to our top five for the year what do you say uh sure shall i hop on a carousel I think you should. Okay. Well, that's my number five is on a carousel with the the Hollies. I think the Hollies are probably mostly known today for long, cool woman in a black dress and possibly bus stop. Um, As I said in the previous, uh, or no, actually, we also have a bonus single for Patreon subscribers. And if you listen to that, you may remember that the Hollies show up in somewhere in the top 20, but outside the top 10. Um, their work in between Bus Stop and Long Cool Woman, sort of around the turn of the 70s, is really great. Uh, most of their 60s work is far superior to the stuff that you might remember, like, immediately off the top of your head. If you like power pop with this American bluesy twist to it, the Hollies are great. There's none of the portentous Peace on Earth sop of some of the music of the era and um graham nash's uh future bandmate is in our next entry so yeah it all it all kind of uh it all kind of comes around but yeah the hollies are great underrated and this is my number five song of the year mark you know, I have to say, I don't really know the Hollies very well, uh, any of their songs. And your inclusion of them on this countdown was one of the few times that I've actually sat down and really listened to them. There was one time a few years ago because I was just like, I don't know this music at all. I've got to say, I do appreciate that this song melodically is good. But for me, the horrible vocal makes it hard to listen to. <laughs> like, to me, I'm like, y'all, there's a thing called pitch. Maybe get on it. Huh. Like, it makes my ears hurt a little bit. I've got to say, like, it's a good song that to me is badly performed. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I sort of, I think that's true. And I just discount it because I like the guitars and the just pep of it. And the fact that it's not all that dated lyrically. Fair enough. So, you know what? That's the world makes room for all of us. It does. Um, now, it also makes room for RuPaul, who not only was on that Todrick Hall song, Low, that we discussed earlier in the year, but also dropped a song called Call Me Mother, which I first became aware of because our friend Joe Reed wrote about its inclusion on an episode of So You Think You Can Dance, and it was used for a group dance number. It is a bomb-ass track that I have since, of course, grown to love far outside its inclusion in any ABC reality competition program. So let's take a moment to listen to a clip from Call Me Mother. Guess who back in the house? Heels click clack in a bow. Fine fresh 
ahead and acknowledge right up front that this is, I think, a song that I perhaps love more than anyone else in the entire world. Uh, but I just love it. And I have played it for people and I have seen them be like, huh, okay, that is fine. But to me, this song, the attitude of the lyrics, the way that RuPaul is doesn't care about gender. She RuPaul is like, I'm just the, the the masculine and feminine pronouns get tossed around there's a lot of dynamism in the song that i enjoy and even though you don't hear it in this clip there is a section where the song just gets really slow and like i don't really even understand what's happening in that part of the song but i love it anyway and i find it really fun to go don't make sense for a bitch to be this endowed which i find myself saying a lot and this is a song that i kind of acknowledge is trash but i love it all the same yeah, this just pales next to low for me, which I think, I mean, I know you couldn't reuse. Because of, uh, you, I couldn't because of some arbitrary rules that I enforced upon myself. Uh, yeah. I just want to acknowledge but that as well. Remember when I was talking about the um, Rihanna track um, in the last episode and I was like, I kept expecting the beat to thicken up and it just never did. Yes. Same issue here. I like this drum line, but I just felt like I was holding my breath waiting for the real song to start, like the real mm. beat to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, the braided cleverness of the lyrics is as great as ever. Uh, I I love that weird interlude in the middle. It like doesn't belong there. So of course it completely belongs there. Um, right. But I had the misfortune of adopting low as basically a, the equivalent of a human child that is on my phone. <laughs> so... That, you know, that happened this year. So this this one's probably not going to come home from this song, Orphanage. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about with this metaphor. But no, here's the thing. I, I'm just glad that you like Low as much as you did. That I was able to introduce you to a song that you find that satisfying. Because that song is also amazing. Oh god, no, it's great. And this song is good. But I think your next level adoration of it may, may be a fairly teeny little niche i'm afraid oh listen again i acknowledge i'm probably the number one fan in the world of this song even more than <laughs> even RuPaul. rupaul is like it's not that good girl i'm happy to, i'm happy to just i actually paid my dues i'm in the fan club and i sent the dues back to myself because i'm also the president <laughs> and only member it's fun uh, love it. um what is your number four for the year uh, another obscurity another really obscure one yeah for what I'd it's see. worth it's for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield. Uh, I did not clip this. I do not need to clip this. Boing. Twang. You better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going uh, around. Quintessential 1967 track. Uh, the entire era is in that one opening chord progression. Uh, it's simply done. Plaintive. Uh, the mostly say hooray for our side lyric is turned as perfectly as an ankle still applies today. Another one that uh, definitely got Forrest Gumped. It has been overused in flashbacks, but there's a reason that they do it. And uh, it holds up. And I the the quality of the singer's voice, the um, exhaustion, like you can hear some fear. Uh this is definitely one that in the course of doing this uh, countdown, listening to the whole thing all the way through, definitely benefited it. I didn't think it was going to stay in the top five after its initial ranking, but it 
it hung on. It's a it's a great song. There's a reason they overuse it. Mark. Yeah, and you know it's crazy to me to think that it's the only top. 40 let alone top 10 hit that buffalo springfield ever had but if you're only going to have really one breakthrough song let it be this one because it's 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 a classic and you know you think about steven stills is in this uh group neil young is Mm -hmm. in this group like these are some serious this is some serious weight and talent that's inside this song and they they knocked it right on out that part Uh, So next for me at number four is a song called New York by St. Vincent, who is the weird high priestess of rock at the moment. (laughs) And uh, her music is strange. It's it's strange. Her music is really strange, but also very specific and always tells a story I'm interested to hear. So here is a clip from the delightfully uh, potty mouthed New York by St. Vincent. This song is, to me, really fucking honest about standing in New York City and realizing that you're the only one left from your youth. And it's so beautiful and sad, but there's also that wry, uh, that wry strength that comes in all of the cursing in the song. There's like a toughness to it at the same time. And the more that I have listened to this song, the more it has compelled me. And this is the song that moved up the most from its initial ranking to its final ranking, because the more I listened to it, the more I realized I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it really makes me feel something. So a, uh, a high placing this year for St. Vincent. I loved this one. Uh, whether despite the fact that it's almost uncomfortable to listen to like as a witness to her emotion or because of that Mm. uh it is beautiful and evocative and very raw uh and what you just said about like realizing that um you know so many of the so many of the associations that you have as you walk through your physical life in this city have to do with people many of whom are gone dead moved away whatever Mm -hmm. not in your life anymore whatever it is uh and the sort of magisterial sad beauty of that great great song very efficient at at conveying all of this as well because yeah the song is like two minutes and 40 seconds long it it really is just in and out (laughs) um the other thing i want to say is i feel like it is uniquely new york maybe other cities like Chicago or Boston, but New York is the kind of city where so many people move here, but so few people stay. Yeah. And I I just feel like it's a specifically New York thing. Like nobody lives here. If you live in New York for 10 years, guaranteed, 
at least 50% of the people that were here when you got here yeah. are no longer here. Including people that you moved here oh. because, like, okay, well, they grew up here, so it, I'll be yes. okay. And then they leave. Yeah, totally. Oh, but we're we still are. here, Sarah. <laughs> and you bought a house, so you're probably here for the long haul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, so uh, take us now to your number three. Uh, my number three is uh, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Um, speaking of opening bars that encapsulate the entire time and have been overused in flashbacks to death, um, I still, it was hard to know what to clip because what is the, what is the most, like, what is the er song clip of this song, which also is very short. So you don't have a ton to choose from. Re-listening to this in the last two days, I was basically completely like perfused by Grace Slick's like paralytic rage. Like maybe the lyric isn't about the disorientation of living in a time when anything could happen and it's probably not going to be a good anything, but only bad. Maybe it isn't about the meltdown in which she finds herself societally, which infuriates her and that her, the only solution um, to the, post-morality situation in which she finds herself uh, is to get fucked up because she's witnessing the um, artistically heralded manipulation and drugging of a girl child, basically, in this this story. Mm. Maybe it's not about that, but that is how I am receiving it because that is how I am feeling 24 fucking 7 lately. So, Gracie, please take it away. last like ah part of the part <laughs> of her like yelling her way out of this song i mean ugh, like the crescendo of the instruments and of her agitation and that she finally is like this is the last gasp that i have to give to this anger and then the song just ends grace slick has always really spoken to me as just a, a personage living in this time and having to put up with patriarchal bullshit. And this song in particular, just the last little while, it was just really, I don't think I paid this song a whole lot of mind, tell you the truth, in the past. I never would have guessed that this was going to be my number three song. But it is giving me ragey life. Thank you, Jefferson Airplane, or whatever vehicle you are in your current uh, incarnation. Number three. Well, and you know, you add this to You Are the Problem here, the first aid kit song that I had Mm -hmm. in the previous episode, and it's like, yeah, those two songs together could basically decimate the patriarchy, it Uh, seems Let's hope so, because I've been playing this and singing along with it real loud and scaring the cats and my 
husband, a feminist, but still <laughs> somewhat taken aback by the fact that our government and, doesn't know, uh, love and respect me as much as he does. Bless his heart. Yeah. Well, and this song has been used in about 358,000 montages. It doesn't matter. The song is actually stronger than all of that. I, You're right. I had a similar, or I agree with you that I had a similar experience in preparing for this episode of feeling like I was hearing the song. It's something about the preparation for this podcast. I always feel like I listen to songs more intently than I ever do at any other time. And I'm like, oh shit, this song is actually incredible yeah well and so the, yeah you know I it's love- always used as this uh shorthand like in a visual medium for you know psychedelics or drug use or the, like bad trips and of course they named that that diary that supposedly real diary yeah. of the drug addicted Go girl Alice. after yeah they named it after this song it's like but you're right that it's about a lot more than drugs it's about yeah, it's about said, why we're taking them. Like, it's not to open the doors of perception always. It's to fucking close them because everything that you're perceiving is just this acid rain of shit. Acid shit rain. The the new album <laughs> from uh, S. Douglas Bunting. Mark on banjo. Um, yeah, anyway, we agree. Uh, a new scent from Calvin Klein. Acid, acid shit, shit rain. rain. Now at Macy's. Um yeah, I mean, like uh, yet another entry on the list that benefited from uh, listening to the song front to back and just letting yourself be new to it in some ways. Because a lot of mm-hmm. old songs, you've heard them a million times and you have to like actually hear them again to to appreciate them. Like you have to kind of separate yourself from what you thought you were going to think. So, Yeah. Yes. Well, so that brings me to my number three song. Uh, longtime listeners might remember way back in like episode three or four, when we were still in the single digits, we talked about the song May Day by the country star, country artist Cam. Well, Cam released a new song this year, y'all, and it is called Diane. And it is a song told from the perspective of a woman who has been sleeping with Diane's husband, she didn't realize that Diane was married to him. And now the narrator is coming to talk to Diane about what is up. And let's hear what that sounds like. Oh, I promise I didn't know he was your man. I would have noticed a gold wedding band. Diane, I'd rather you hate me than not.
I mean, I specifically included the long intro to this song because it's just so wonderful and the acapella singing I just fucking love. I love the slow introduction of more and more instrumentation. I love the empathy and heartbreak of the lyric because I feel like country music is so good at that. And obviously it is easy to assume that she's actually in the role of Jolene, that she has become Jolene and that this song is like Jolene part two. And of course it's great to think about it that way if you want, but I don't even, to me, it's just like yet another story about a man doing somebody wrong. But this time, uh, she's trying to reach out and and settle things and make things better and, and explore express the fact that both of these women have had their hearts broken. And there is an interesting trilogy that you could make if you want, where you Jolene is first, this song is second, and then Carrie Underwood's Two Black Cadillacs is third, where the two wronged women get together and kill the guy and get away with it. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I just think that Cam's voice is incredible. I love her songwriting. This is a song that I fear is not going to be a big hit because women on country radio struggle so much. And I think that everyone should know it. So that's why I love it. I've listened to it many, many, many times. It was instantly the first time I heard it. I swear to God, my favorite country song of the year. It's my number three song for all of 2017. That is not fake news. He IM'd me about it um, minutes after hearing it. Uh I love that it's a that it's like the um, answer to Jolene, but there's like a fundamental flaw in its inception, and I I don't like it. Uh, Here's why I think this might be: it's not Cam's voice, which I like; it's not the lyric, which is good; it's not the concept, which is also good; it's the tempo. Um, There's something Mm. about like what she's saying and what you say about like the empathy and the um uh not condolence uh the regret that she has for being a part of this situation and that like trying to reassure this woman like i swear i didn't see a wedding band but either the key or the tempo or both like it's a little too peppy and if you or cam herself were like actually um that was that was by design so that this narrator would seem unreliable and insincere and only sorry that she got caught. That would be interesting. But as it is, Mm. I'm not sure that the concept and the execution match each other. I, I want them to, but it just seems a little like, Hey, it's a peppy sing along about how quote unquote, sorry I am that I, fuck someone else's husband like it's it's a little um it's a little not glib it's just a little i don't know disingenuous maybe is the word twitter followers tell me once again what word i'm looking for but it's like it's it just misses so as a result it's like a big miss for me i don't know if that makes any sense i'm i'm sorry to disappoint you sure i wanted to like it oh it doesn't disappoint me we do not need to like all of the same things, but uh, I I hear you, but I I stand by it. I love it so. I love it so. I'm glad. Uh, well, what is your number two for uh, the year? Baby, I love you. By Aretha Franklin. Ooh. I listened to the song two or three times, trying to find a note to take, and could not. It is the egg of songs. It is perfect. <laughs> I don't want to break it, but try to analyze it. Um, 
I think I actually first heard this song on the Goodfellas soundtrack, but in a episode a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Aretha and like contrasting uh, 80s, like um, more packaged pop Aretha versus this Aretha. Um, You will have a hard time finding a sexier vocal than this but there's all sorts of other like things you know ribbons wrapped around it like um defiance regret um and then she's also in her best voice i think this is her best song vocally because she's in complete control but not overly controlled Mm. um yeah, there was plenty of Aretha to choose from in the top 100, but this was a no-doubter, and I'm a little surprised that it didn't end up at number one, but we'll get there. Uh, so yeah, that's I didn't have a clip. I don't have any notes. She's the queen. Let me just add, for those who are wondering whether or not Aretha Franklin was the greatest artist making music in 1967, let me just give you a list of her songs that charted in 1967. I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, Respect, Baby I Love You, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, and Chain of Fools. Yeah. In one year. Yeah. Like, okay, you win. <laughs> that year belongs to you. Congratulations. Yeah. and a couple of those like just outside my top 20 was chain of fools. And uh, I think I never loved a man. We're just like, d- like real close. But I mean, this one is and, like, and like, I just even, even respect is a song that like, it is so much, it is so beyond being a song at this point. Yeah. It's like, but it's just like, it is molecular level song. It is the song that everybody plays for their parents at their wedding, like so that the parents can dance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and and then Natural Woman, what? Like Carol King's version is also awesome, but like Riri, come on, yes, it's I don't know, just an incredible run of songs she had that in '67. Yeah, she really did. Well, my number two song is one that I was so delighted by I this year the band Paramore which started its career as a bratty grunge punk band pivoted to become a new wave 80s inspired pop band and their their album After Laughter is uh full of songs that sound like they could exist right next to Belinda Carlisle songs and that's a compliment by the way uh and the thing that I really love about the album is that it is intentionally for 12 songs using sunny sounds to tell angry stories. And the whole concept of the record is trying to face your darkest emotions by giving them a happiness uh, that you don't actually feel. And I just find the, the uh, contrast of that to be really exciting. Plus the, the, the music is just really, really great, I think. Really fun and poppy. So this is my very favorite song from Paramore's album After Laughter. It is called Rose Colored Boy.
Yeah, I just love this song. This is um, kind of, it's like, if I just think that her vocals are so on point. There's so much intelligence in the things that she's doing, her little ad-libs and breaths and things. The, the, the voice to me is in great shape. She's just, she's just great. And I love this album and I love this song. Uh, I love this song too. Uh, I love how there's Yay! like Stacy Q realness <laughs> in a verse Dude, that's like, uh, "Don't arts, fucking tell I... me to smile, ass." Like, I, I don't know. It's great. Yes. It's it's really great. It's really smart. Like, this is what I think Cam missed doing. Like, inverting mm. the expected, um, like genre or sound to for what you're saying i think that's maybe what cam was trying to do it just didn't quite work and here it totally works for me i don't know if it's because it's that more like um mid-80s pet shop boy synthy thing that's happening Mm. um or what but yeah this was a delight so glad i heard this song oh I'm so glad you like it, Sarah. Oh, I'm so glad. So let me tell you, you also should listen to a song on this album called Fake Happy. It is the other one that I was like wrestling between this one and that one. And uh, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you love this one. And uh, yeah, it, 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 I'm, I just love it. And well, great. Yay. <laughs> I, of course, we don't have to agree. But when we, when you do like a new song that I bring to the table, I, I do, of course, get very happy. <laughs> Well, and yeah, like, look, you hate the Beatles. <laughs> These things are going to happen. These things are going to happen. It's all right. It's okay. But we we find so many overlaps, so many nodes of agreement that uh, it makes the disagreements all that much more it's interesting. True. Uh, speaking of agreement, I let's see if we can uh, come to an agreement on how or in what order to end the episode because dear listener uh it has come to the number ones for each of us but oh bum, 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 while bum, bum, i know bum, we bum, share bum, very bum. strong feelings for mark's selection it's maybe a little bit of a down note so uh, except i feel like it's a it's, it's i'm gonna leave it up to you it's because i could see it going either way i think we can make it work so if you want me to go first i can you know what i think that you i think that you, hmm, hmm, i think because we have such a good personal connection both of us to my number one that we should end with it okay um well before we snuggle up with that one, uh, let's break out in a cold sweat, Mr. Brown. When you kiss me, oh, and you met me, you Spoiler, Maceo did let him have it, uh, as he tends to do. Where to start with this? Um, 
with James. Welcome to problematic artistville brown um let's start with Pee Wee ellis for fucking president the chord progression with the horns in the chorus and that it's different every time uh the lyric is kind of a problem james himself was a huge problem and just not a good guy but the star time box set is one of my most treasured possessions this song gets a hold of you and that is what art is supposed to do. The artist is not supposed to take a hold of you or put hands on you. And it's been a year for shining a surgical strength light on that line. And amen. But my God, is this a great song? Everything about it is great. <laughs> Everything. I mean, the guy singing should have paid his taxes and not hit people. But that's between him and his God now. Uh, between me and my God, Cold Sweat, number one song for Buncey of 1967. Mark, do you have any comments? Well, because know, I need to go be pregnant for a few minutes. Uh, I hadn't ever heard this song before. <gasps> and, and I realized, what I can say is, I've. it's not an unfamiliar song to me, so I must have heard it, right? But I didn't know, the, I didn't recognize the song, I didn't... I hadn't heard it in a way that would make me know it, and I am real happy to have known it now because, first <laughs> of all, it's one of the few. <laughs> Considering how enormous he was as an influence, James Brown did not have very many top ten songs, and this is one of them. Uh, but also, I d was reading about this song. It's considered by some to be the first true funk song. Like, it's just a really important song that, more than its intellectual value gets my pelvis popping mm -hmm. without my even being aware of it. It's like, before I even know what's happening, I'm like humping the ground. I don't even know what's going on. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. So I think this song is hot and I am really glad to be required to, well not required, but I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to pay attention to it because that is the kind of song that I might have just faded into the background of whatever movie I've heard it in. And I needed to know it intimately, and now I do. Mm, intimately. That's that's what he was going hey. for. Bless his heart. But yeah, okay, I guess that's a decent segue to your number one. I'll let you build on yeah, that. Yes, so my number one song is a Grammy nominee this year for, so I want to say, it's Grammy nominated for, I think, Best Country Song. I'm pretty sure that's the Grammy nomination it received. Um and it is a song that, to me, as much as any song I heard this year, tells the absolute truth. It uses the power of songwriting to articulate something in a way that is so startling that I feel like I understand it for the first time. And it is a song that when Sarah and I heard it performed live in concert, uh, if I may be so bold as to retell the story, because I know we do. told it during the episode... We told it during the episode we did on uh, The Luckiest by Ben Folds, but we like both started crying and we're like holding each other and just like, this is just t giving me my life because we both, if I may speak for both of us, I think we both saw ourselves and our own lives and our own marriages inside this perfect song. Yeah, I, I think that is accurate. And um, I think it, uh, I think our sort of partnership as a podcast host, like, bumped up to another level with this because we were like both of one mind about the song at the same time 
and also in we the were, same space and yes. we're also eating popcorn though still somehow <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is so beautiful. Nom. So, yeah, that's how it is when Mass takes a field trip. (sighs) So, without further ado, the song is If We Were Vampires by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. It is from his album that he released this year called something, no, called The Nashville Sound. And it is, here it is. This is, let's let's listen to a clip. We were vampires and death was a joke We'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke And laugh at all the lovers and their plans I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand Maybe time running out is a gift I'll work hard till the end of my shift give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind it's knowing that this can't go on forever likely one of us will have to spend some days alone maybe we'll get 40 years together one day I'll be gone one day So, um, in case you haven't heard the song before or couldn't catch all of the lyrics, this is a song in which Jason Isbell talks about the fact that it might actually be a blessing that he and his wife are going to die because it reminds them to be passionately interested in each other with the time that they have. And he says, if we were vampires and death was a joke, then we might not remember to care about each other. And he says it in such a beautiful, simple way, because he says something simple like, I wouldn't feel compelled to hold your hand. It's not a grand gesture of love. It's a simple, intimate gesture of love that actually means so much more. And just the ability of a songwriter to look at something like the inevitable death of both you and your partner and see the beautiful thing inside of it is what makes Jason Isbell an artist whom I care for very deeply. And I think that this song in a way is perfect for this year because there's so much about the country that feels like it's falling apart. But someone like Jason Isbell can remind us that if we can turn all of that off for a minute and just be grateful for what we have and to even acknowledge the beauty and the power of the things that are not ideal, then perhaps we can discover something really intimate and meaningful about our lives. I I just think that's incredible. And uh, this is a sidebar, but the song was actually nominated for Best American Roots Song, whatever Grammy category you want to call that. It better (laughs) win because it is the greatest song of 2017 as far as I am concerned. Sarah. Um, Yeah, no real contest. Um, uh, Low is right up there, of course, but this... uh, uh, you know what I was just saying about cold sweat and how it just gets hold of you. The song, this song, got a hold of both of us immediately, and I think that we. I mean, I went home 
which took a while to do because we saw this show at the Beacon and I live in Bay Ridge, which is practically Canada from the Upper West Side. <laughs> so when I finally got home, my husband uh, was asleep on the couch and I like woke him up and was trying to explain about the song and how uh, beautiful it was and how grateful that I am to have him in my life. And his hair was doing some silly rooster thing and He's listening without actually hearing me, which is a talent he has been forced to develop <laughs> these last few years. He's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea, I started like crying all over again because at that moment it was like the idea of spending days alone. The fact that uh, Isabel uses the word days yes, uh, alone which is like some days, like, yeah, that's, that's one very sort of southernishly euphemistic way to put it. Like, you know, chances are one of you is going to die first and that's, you know, for the other one, that's going to go on for a while. Um, But his ability to take that uh, fact that, you know, we're all, we're all sort of facing, um, and make it about uh, appreciation and gratitude is really something. Um, and then it's married perfectly with the with the melody and with the mm. music part of it. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you see this performed, that's his wife, and she's wearing really cute shoes and playing the fiddle, and they're singing this to and about each other, and that adds another. Yeah. Uh, and that's her layer. voice that we hear. She's the female singer on this track. And like the fact, yeah, it, it, like, like I just keep saying, it's a song that I, mean, I feel like, like more than any other. Yeah, they're country singers. So I guess for them, they're just sort of like, well, yeah, this is bleak. And it's just another day at the office maybe for them. But I mean, it's it's a lot. You feel like you're peeking in. It's like walking past and looking in someone's window and just sort of seeing a vignette of someone else's life and wondering about it and sharing it anyway sorry to interrupt go ahead oh no i'm just gonna i just am saying that again this is a song that more than any other song this whole year i feel tells me the truth and for all of the reasons we just mentioned yeah well here's the truth i'm still pregnant from that james brown song but um yeah i this list was so much fun to do and listeners thank you for uh your contributions if you are patreon uh contributors and for in advance um not killing us on twitter for these choices (laughs) i have a feeling i'm gonna be uh living in a hail of clocks for the next uh, couple weeks but (laughs) i can live with it um this is our last episode of the year we are taking a week off uh next week uh but thank you so much for uh one of my top 10 things of 2017 was doing this podcast with Mark and doing it for you guys and hearing your thoughts about stuff. Uh, it's really been a joy and I resolve 2018 to keep doing it. I feel the same way. I can't express how much I appreciate Sarah, the chance to do this with you. And it is so, so moving to me listeners that you guys are with us here on this journey. And in the, the, the comments you give us, the thoughtful funny feedback that we get from you it really is incredible and it makes 
me feel like there's just room in the world for someone with my weird tastes and thoughts. And uh, I just, it's great being part of this community with all of you. So with that, have a wonderful end of 2017. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you next year. Indeed. And we'll have some very special guests and our 100th episode. Big news on that. So uh, stay tuned. And thank you again for listening. This is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Here's how! Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. And you can become a supporter and producer of this podcast at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.